0: When we were first planning out language stories, Montreal was always a place on the list. We were visiting for Langfest, a language festival, and this was famously a bilingual city, with French and English seemingly taking equal places on the city stage. Obviously, this episode would be about bilingualism and how these two languages survive side by side.
1: Growing up um, in an environment, in a multilingual environment, is, is really what I'm trying to replicate for my own kids right now. I always speak to them in Mandarin. My father also, my wife is Japanese, and my mother Japanese, they they speak to them in Japanese. Living in Quebec, they go to a French uh, daycare. We also have au pairs. I invited an au pair from Mexico, so she speaks, you know, Spanish to them uh, all the time.
2: Here in the shop, uh, well, you've got your English and French for sure. We're Greek. My parents are, are Greek. I'm of Greek origin. So you're going to get some Greek in there. A lot of Yiddish, a bit of Hebrew, some Italian, and a bit of Spanish as well, In uh, guaranteed in a day.
0: But as we lined people up ready to speak with, we soon realized this wouldn't be an episode about bilingualism at all. This is Montreal Beyond Bilingual. Welcome to Language Stories, a podcast discovering languages around the world and meeting the people who speak them. I'm Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, a language-obsessed Chica on the constant exploration of languages no matter where I am in the world. And this episode, welcome to Montreal, Canada. In the planning stages of this episode, there were some people we already knew, like Tetsu and Joey, two key organisers of Langfest, which we'll talk about a little later on. And we also spoke with Joey's wife, Mariuxi. We've already heard a little from Tetsu. He's the one raising his children with five languages. Legend. But let's meet Joey and Mariuxi.
3: I'm Mariuxi. I speak English, French, uh, Spanish, obviously, and uh, Italian, and I'm learning Portuguese.
4: I'm uh, Joey. I speak, I guess, five languages, French, English, Spanish, Italian, and Portuguese. I'm learning other languages to Romanian, and I've been learning forever German. Someday, I hope that I'll be able to add it to my list, but I can't write down.
0: I started by asking about this seeming normality I'd so far discovered of speaking more than just French and
4: English. In Montreal, we don't even realise, but it's normal for us. Most people speak French and English as a base, and then you, your question is, what's your third language? Is it Italian? Is it Greek? Is it Portuguese? Is it Arabic? You know, I mean, is it Spanish? Because there's many people from all all around the world. Montreal is a very cosmopolitan city. Uh, so it's one of the interesting things, I think, of living here. And, you know, uh, your, your, your statement, your comment is actually very, very, very correct. Because it's always what I thought, you know, makes Montreal different than most other places around the world.
0: Joey grew up in Montreal. This bilingual existence, or even beyond bilingual to quote the title of this episode, is normal to him. But Maruxy didn't grow up here. And you grew up in Ecuador? In in Ecuador. And then moved here when when I was
3: was 28, 29, I don't know. That can be said on TV.
4: She came for the first time.
3: (laughs) For the first time in... uh, In 1998. That's when we met. What brought you to Montreal? Well, I guess I think uh, languages
4: brought you to Montreal. Maybe. Why did you come? Why did you choose Montreal?
3: Because of you, no, I'm just. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know me. No, 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 it's true. It was, uh, yeah, I, uh, it was definitely uh, languages, because uh, well, I was part of an international organization, student organization, and I knew that once uh, finishing with uh, my uh, bachelor' degree, I needed to do something, I was, I was not going to accept that I was going to speak only Spanish. At that time, I went once to a, um, international, uh, I guess, conference. congress conference in in Colombia. We met a lot of people from every, everywhere. But, and, and what uh, got my attention was the Canadian uh, team. You know, they were all. Uh, I guess it was one French Canadian and probably two uh, English uh, Canadian, and the other ones were Latino uh, descendant or Italian descendant and uh, some Asian as well so it was a very 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 multicultural team and they all spoke all those languages you know back and forth and i saw that you know when i was about to finish finish uh, university so i said that there is no way and, and those were kids at my age too you know so that's why i decided that uh, once i finished my bachelor degree i was going to for an exchange uh, Program, in, so you convinced in, your
4: family to sell sheep, cattle. That's uh, it. Borrow money. I I, I sold my own motorcycle, <laughs> my little Vespa
3: that I, I used to have, whatever you know, just yeah. in order to. And she came to for a year and stayed. Yeah, and go go. I'm the person that picked her up. That's America. it. It took it because I wasn't that student was <laughs> was
4: association too. Yeah, that's oh. it. So, oh. That's it. So that's how we met.
0: I love the idea of going to a conference, seeing people from a place, and thinking. Hmm, they're having fun. I want to live there. I couldn't see myself ever just selling everything and leaving, especially if I couldn't speak the language. But that's just what Maniuxi did. And then, before you came, did you speak English or French? No, Well, I guess a little bit English, a little... French, not really, I guess, no, not at all. So you learned French kind of on the ground, so to speak, here in Montreal? Yeah, yeah, and
3: and English as well. I mean, English was just, you know, well, whatever you learned in in high school, but I, I, I liked it. I, I loved, used to love my English.
0: Mariuxi isn't the only person we spoke to who learnt French and English on the ground here in Montreal. The wonderful Kate, without whose help this episode would be absolutely rubbish, took us to End, a multicultural, multilingual part of the city, with, dare I say it, maybe better croissants than France and maybe better bagels than New York. No. I'm not brave enough to throw out such landish claims, but you should know that the croissants and bagels here are pretty dang good. Okay, this isn't a food podcast. Let's hear from Margarita, one of the people we met during our time in End. I'm going to voice over some of these bits that are answers in different languages so that the whole podcast is in English and easily understood for the majority of the audience. But if you do want to hear the original answers in the original languages, be sure to check out the sister video to this podcast episode. Just head over to YouTube and search for language stories. Lindsay does languages. I asked Margarita if Spanish is her mother language. She replied, Spanish is my mother tongue because I was born in Chile. I came here 25 years ago as a tourist for one month and I stayed. I never went back. I stayed, got married, and had children here. My children are Canadian. I went on to ask if she only spoke Spanish when she arrived. I only spoke Spanish, yes, but I went to school, the government pays you to learn French, and I did summer schools to learn English too because I had to work and speak with customers.
3: I asked Margarita,
0: in French this time, I'm all for a multilingual interview and we can do it, if it was difficult to learn French and English here in Montreal. It difficult to learn French and English here in Montreal. She replied, French was a little difficult because the pronunciation was difficult, but you learn it because you need to speak it with customers. It's so necessary in Quebec. My children went to primary school in French, then secondary school in English, so they can speak four languages. We also spoke with Saint-Thé, a taxi driver in the city, about how he found the difference between French here and in his homeland of Haiti. We were talking a minute ago about the French. I shared how I learned French in Europe, the French spoken in France and Belgium, etc., so how sometimes when I speak with people here in Montreal, it's hard to understand and be understood all of the time. I asked if he found something similar. He replied, yes, it's the same. When I arrived here in 1993, it was just like that. For the first two or three years, I couldn't understand the Quebec dialect because of joual. When they talk, like I told you earlier, it's like, instead of saying... They say,
1: instead of saying, they say,
0: that's the difference that I just couldn't understand. But I've been here now for 25 years, and now I get it. I'm telling you, the Quebecers, they don't speak standard French, they speak joual. Just to fill you in if you're new to this, joual is a name for a variety of speech from Montreal and the Quebec area. Originally associated with the working class of Montreal, it's now used across classes and geographical boundaries of the city. Even the word poutine, the name for that famous Quebec dish of chips covered in cheese curds and gravy, could be considered an example of joel. It was thought that the word came from the English word pudding, but it's since been believed that it's actually from one of the regional languages of France, perhaps Occitan or Provençal, and more specifically the word pudinga or putingo, which means a bad stew, or It could just be from Quebec slang, meaning mess. And believe me, there's no tidy way to eat a poutine, so that one seems kind of apt. It became apparent during our time in Mile End and Autremont that work was a big reason for learning French and English in the city for many residents from other places, but it works both ways too. One thing Autremont is known for is its Hasidic Jewish community, In 2006, Bernard Spolsky wrote a paper, in part, about this, claiming that although nowadays the Jewish community in Toronto is bigger than Montreal, Montreal has more Yiddish speakers. Although there's a clear Yiddish presence in the area, with newspapers and shops using the language, Spolsky found that Hasidic children in modern Montreal mostly read in English. Strict Hasidic Jews consider photography to be work and therefore object to having their photo taken on the Sabbath day, not wanting to make people feel uncomfortable, we chose not to speak with any Hasidic Jews themselves, but we were able to speak with Demetra, who has many Hasidic customers each day in her family's stationery and coffee shop in Mile End, Zubris. From so much daily contact with customers who speak other languages, as we heard at the beginning of this episode, Demetra has been able to learn a handful of phrases in multiple languages, including Yiddish tiny little phrases yeah. <laughs> and so did you learn the bits of like Yiddish and the little bits of Italian Spanish did you learn that from just being in the shop yes yeah, yes. yeah, yes,
2: from my clients and from you know we've been here since 1980 so uh, wow. we've had time to practice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: that's really exciting have you seen any any changes in that time then, from 1980 to now in terms of like the, the clients and the languages that come through the door um, not so much um, there's always that
2: um, um, French uh, French English struggle here in Quebec so we've kind of had to deal with that you know like um, depending on what time like is it election time or what not or if the, if the issue is hot on the subject you know uh, we've been yelled at so to speak maybe not yelled at but you know because we said bonjour hi and we shouldn't say the hi and just the bonjour so in terms of that aspect yes in terms of the the languages it's been pretty steady for this area
0: ah bonjour hi this has been something I've loved about Montreal ever since my first visit I remember needing an early breakfast last time I was here my first time in the city so I found a McDonald's and ordered some pancakes complete with Canadian maple syrup don't you know while I was waiting by the counter, I noticed that the four customers that came in and left were each greeted with a bonjour hi from the server. When they responded in either English or French, the server followed suit, and people got what they wanted in the language they wanted. The first in English, the second French, then English and French again. The server switched seamlessly each time. It was mesmerising. Yeah. yeah, The bonjour hi thing, that's something that I found really interesting with, with shops and restaurants and things. So... How, how does that work, from, from your perspective?
2: Um, well, I I think it's nice to be greeted in both languages, yeah. uh, and I think the majority of our clients do appreciate that. You know that it's not strictly one language or the other. Um, unfortunately, there are uh, there are some individuals that don't want English whatsoever, um, to the point where. Um, They've asked us to change our, uh, our computer operating system, the windows, for French. Like, those are the extremists, but they're few and far between. Mm. Overall, I think it's, it's much more appreciated that there's the bonjour high aspect of it, yeah. that you can be served in your language, and another language.
0: <laughs> for some, such as Dimitra, family is the reason for speaking multiple languages, which is similar to Jerry's story too. Yeah, I was. Cause I was gonna say because I guess so. For you, it was very different, right? Like
4: because it was never special for me yeah, to speak. it was just those normal. languages. I just did. Yeah, yeah. A- and I never really applied myself a lot.
0: So when did you learn, like, actively learn your first language, other than I'm guessing, other than English, French, and Italian, which were we'll probably well. Fr- my learn. my first two languages
4: are, are French and English. Okay. Yeah, that's what I learned when I was young, and I spoke really, really well. <laughs> I went bilingual schools most of my life. Mm. Italian, I took saturday classes a lot of people in Mm -hmm. the italian community take saturday classes when they're young so i took i took that for a couple of years but i didn't get the chance to practice it very much my Mm -hmm. father was italian but my mother wasn't Mm -hmm. so amongst them they used to speak in french my mom used to talk to me in english my dad used to talk to me in french Mm -hmm. Um, and i used to have to force them basically to teach me uh, to talk to me in italian which i enjoyed doing it but uh, it wasn't this first reflex to talk to me in that language I used to speak in Italian with my grandparents for example uh, what, what is father um, but that was like the only opportunity for me to, to that and when you went to church on Sundays yeah, I went, we went to an Italian church so that that that's where I had my, my dose of Italian, my weekly dose of Italian yeah. I have a lot of respect for Meliuxi and for mm-hmm. people like you that don't learn the languages from when they're young. They sort of pick it up after, and you, you put a lot of effort into learning it. Yeah. Uh, I've never put as much effort into learning any language as Madduxie has. So as I'm you're French doing English. It right now. For example, with German, German's a pain. But I, I, it's hard for me to invest the time like you guys did.
0: Ah, oh, thanks, Jerry. I'll take that compliment. I remember Richard Simcock discussing the difference between multilingual and polyglot as a language event once. He used polyglot to describe someone who learns languages not necessarily with a clear purpose from an outside perspective, but simply because they love it. And he used multilingual to refer to someone from Luxembourg, for example, who just grows up surrounded by different languages and speaks them without batting an eyelid. Montreal fits that second bracket for a lot of residents, it seems. You might know of Jerry as one of the organisers of Langfest, previously NAPS, an event for language learners held in Montreal annually since 2016. If you're listening to this in time, I highly recommend grabbing tickets for the next year while you can. The event is a lot of fun, and Montreal is a great choice of location, as you might have guessed by there being a whole episode dedicated to the city. Anyway, I asked Tetsu to explain a little more about the event.
1: Let me tell you about the biggest gathering of language lovers in North America. It's called Langfest. But this is is the place where people who love languages and who love culture and anything related... Um, you know, professionals also who work with languages, like translators, like uh, interpreters, uh, and also people who work in in in, the, in you know general culture area, like like embassies and, and whatnot. But teachers also are, are, are a big crowd that comes to to Langfest. Uh, but really, in one word, it's just it's a it's a big festival for anybody uh, who loves anything related to languages. Whether you're learning your second language or your twentieth language, uh, there will be. Uh, folks here that you can meet and have fun with and learn from and get inspired and this is the place that you know everybody is accepting you know it sounds sometimes it sounds a little intimidating when you hear polyglots or multilingualism but this is not the place for that this is the place where everybody supports everybody because we all know what it takes uh the hard work to go through to, to learn languages and this is the place where we all help each other and support each other
0: i second that Langfest, along with the Polyglot Gathering and Polyglot Conference, are always hugely inspiring events. And although, weirdly, I end up speaking English for most of the event, it tends to be the common language among bigger groups, I always leave feeling pumped to start a new language, refresh previously studied ones, or go deeper with ones I'm currently learning. If you can get to a language event like Langfest, go. You won't regret it. But there was another reason I wanted to speak to Tetsu. He's raising his children with five languages. What? I needed to ask how.
1: I would recommend Opo. It's, it's really um, what we go by. It's one person, one language. Uh, there's a lot of methods out there and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure every family has their, their circumstances. For us, uh, we're doing five languages, so, so it's, it's already quite tough. Um, like We have Mandarin and Japanese inside the house, so, so that's, that works out well. We've got French naturally outside, and we had to artificially bring in uh, Spanish. Um, but here in Montreal, I mean, there's many cross-cultural marriages and there's you know cross-cultural relationships. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's not too hard to have two people speaking different languages than French and, and English. Um, so, so getting that third language... Most people, I think, are exposed to bilingualism, but that third language, you need to just, you know, we're, we're use a little bit of imagination. Something like an au pair, like what we do. You could also bring in, you know, like um, AFS student ex- exchange students, um, travel a lot. I guess living abroad. These are all lots of you know, ideas. Some cost more than others. Or you can. Um, watch TV and, and read to your kids in, in a target language. A little bit of ingenuity will, will take you a, a long ways here, I, I think. I'm yeah, um, yeah. pretty sure you could hire a babysitter that you know, speaks your target language uh, for a fair, fair price mm-hmm. uh, without going as far as bringing in an au pair from abroad. Yeah. So, there are different ways.
0: Five languages sound like a lot, but in a city that's proved itself to go way beyond the bilingual expectations, just like Tetsu said, it's not that abnormal to think about a third language or even more. Everyone we spoke to for this podcast spoke at least three languages to some level. Pretty impressive if you ask me. With some of those reasons being based on family or native languages, I wondered if the city was an inspiring place besides that to learn other languages. I asked Margarita for her opinion. And do you think that living here has inspired you to want to learn more languages or learn more? Languages? Yeah, I wish. I would like yeah. to learn. But Portuguese, I understand, but I don't, uh, I don't talk. But yeah. uh, because Portuguese is between uh, Italian and Spanish, yeah. so it's very, very similar. So I understand. it. No surprises there. We spent a lot of time in Mailand and Autremont. Side note: again, huge thanks to Kate for showing us around her ridiculously fun and multilingual neighbourhood and hooking us up with interviews. But with neighbourhood names such as Little Portugal, Greek Town, Chinatown, and Little Italy across the city, I wondered if there's anywhere else in Montreal that's pretty special for languages.
1: To encounter languages in Montreal was Langfest? What else? <laughs> but you only see it once a year. Okay, so um, actually I'm probably not the, the, the best person for, for that um, since I don't really live in Montreal. Um, there are different sectors, and I can tell you that South Shore has a lot of, you know, Asian populations, mostly Chinese. It's it's Mandarin and, and Cantonese. Um, uh, just on the plateau, like northeastern side of downtown Montreal, like just a little bit north of Montreal, is a lot of. I think there's a lot of Italians over there, uh, or, or is it east? Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of Greek, um, Portuguese, uh, Italians. In Chinese and uh, Arabic, uh, I think these are the, the biggest languages spoken here in Montreal. Uh,
2: I live in Laval, mm-hmm. and I think in Laval it's primarily French only mm. in terms of the languages you hear around you or you, when you walk into shops. Yeah. Um, if I would want to hear the most diverse, it would be in the uh, in the Mile End. Yeah, it, yeah. It's really in the Mile End because again, if you go, let's say in the NDG area, you might have more English. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go more into the Cotonège area, you may get a mixture of Asian or uh, Asian and English, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So uh, in this area, I think, yeah, if you're just walking on the street, you will hear at least four or five languages around you.
0: Seeing as this was another episode focusing on a place, I wanted to ask the same question I did at the end of the New York episode. That's episode one, if you're playing catch up, by the way. How would everyone we spoke to describe Montreal in one word in any language?
3: Oh, unique. <laughs> unique. Okay, good, good choice, good choice. <laughs> in any language, yeah. I guess it would be la joie de vivre. Is it la joie de vivre? Yeah. joie de
4: vivre.
3: joie de vivre. Aye, aye. Cool. I definitely and
4: I think for me it would be multicultural diversity mm. just when I'm outside of Montreal mm. like when I after I spend a little bit of time in Ecuador it's something that I always miss yeah. and I mean just like being able to find that cafe where you have the croissant and then go to the Italian bakery and find that Greek restaurant and the Arabic food and all of it you know in my own city and people from one culture and another culture and everybody gets along that's really Montreal for me you know, nobody's fighting, everybody's at peace, and we all like, can take the best from each different culture, and we get along. You know, which is like really one of the, the, the things that I treasure the most of being here.
0: Beautiful, I love Montreal, yeah. I love Montreal. beaucoup Montreal.
1: Many languages. Wow. Well, that's I mean, multiculturalism is really the word that I, it, it just pops to mind, it's, it's the place for that, um, there are lots of multicultural cities in the world, but for the reasons I mentioned earlier, this is a place where really, I think, blends together, it's just, it's, you, you just don't feel like a foreigner here, <clears throat> whereas I feel like a foreigner, where else I go. So this is a place where you, you, nobody, you know, thinks twice. About whether you're actually a Canadian or not, you know, you know, irrespective of your <coughs> your 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 skin color, irrespective of your your accent, because you know, being an immigrant, basically, you know, you're also a, a Canadian. So the immigration, uh, I mean, the, the proportion of immigrants here is very high. So so it is one of those very accepting cultures and and and. and cities that I've, I've seen so multiculturalism is the word that i think really describes this city
0: coming up next time on language stories a mini episode we visit Tikal in guatemala aka rebel base yavin 4 and get into the nitty-gritty of the languages created for star wars you've been listening to language stories a podcast by lindsay does languages If you like what we do and you like video, then head on over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the sister video to this podcast episode. Just search Lindsay Does Languages on YouTube and on our channel, you'll see the playlist for language stories. Once you've done that, the best things you can do to help us spread the word about language stories are to tell a friend you know who will love this too and leave a review on your favorite podcast directory. That's a fancy way of saying where you're listening to this right now. Reviews help us get found by new listeners, which is pretty important when you're a tiny new fish in a big podcast pond. And finally, if you have a language story that you'd love to share, or you know someone that does, get in touch. You can email me at lindsay, that's l-i-n-d-s-a-y, at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. I always love to hear from you. Your feedback helps to shape future episodes. And that's important, because without shape, they're just lumps. As always, you can follow me in all the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and all that jazz and learn more at lindsydoeslanguages.com. Until next time, keep learning languages and keep sharing stories. À plus!